Hello everyone, you're listening to Bible Coffee Talk with Allie Benfield, and I'm so happy you're tuning in. I hope you're well and living your best life for Jesus Christ. On my podcast, we talk about subjects that some, if not most of us, are either going through, dealing with, or just want more information about. But we apply the Bible and the love for our Savior Jesus Christ, hoping that it will enrich our lives and help us as we walk righteously in obedience with the Holy Spirit. And we do it while enjoying a hot cup of coffee together. Because after all, this is a fellowship between friends. Am I right? So grab your coffee and your Bible, and let's learn more about Jesus Christ. Sound good? Awesome. So let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today on Bible Coffee Talk with me, Allie Benfield. I'm so glad you're joining me. Today I'm drinking just a plain Jane breakfast blend coffee, and it's actually really good. It's been a few days since I've had just a regular cup of coffee, and today it's needed. Okay, so today's episode is on demonic agreeance. Oh, just you wait. This episode is going to be so good. But before we continue, I need to surrender this entire podcast to the Lord for his blessing and approval. So let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I humbly kneel at your feet and ask you to reveal your word to our hearts, to let us feel your closeness as we learn about you and what an awesome God you are. Let each and every word out of my mouth please you, Lord. Let me speak eloquently without slipping up and faltering. Let my word please your ears. I ask you for these things and I thank you for these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. I hope you're comfy and have a hot cup of coffee in your Bible because of my podcast, we read, use, and apply the Bible to everything. It's my go-to and my fact checker. I read from the King James Version Bible because it's the least translated Bible out there. However, on occasion, sometimes, I will read the NIV uh, Bible if a verse is too tricky to translate or to understand. So I know I've spoken about demonic activity before in other podcasts I've made, but I really wanted to reiterate some very important truths and points uh, that people are unaware about and putting themselves in grave danger by doing it. As Christians, we what we speak, we manifest. Okay, so let me give you an example. Recently, I've noticed more and more that words carry a very powerful punch and hold massive authority. The Bible says, Proverbs 18:21, death and life are are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. This is further seen in Matthew 18, 18, which proclaims, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall be loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. These verses prove how much good or bad our tongues or our words can do. This power and responsibility is discussed several times in the Bible. Here are a few scriptures that the Bible says about using and the repercussions of misusing this power. Proverbs 13, verse 3. Whosoever guards his mouth preserves his life, and who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Proverbs 18, verse 19, a brother who has been insulted is harder to win back than a walled city, and arguments separate people like the barred gates of a palace. Proverbs 10, verse 20, the words of a person, a good person, are like pure silver, but an evil person's thoughts are worth very little. Proverbs 26, verse 20, without wood, a fire will go out, and without gossip, gossip, quarreling will stop. Proverbs 11, verse 17, your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel. First Peter, 
3 verse 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Okay, so you get the idea, right? Now, what does this have to do with demonic activity? I'm glad you asked, and let me share with you how. You see, recently, my very good friend and I came across another couple who professed they were Christians. However, their behavior, their actions, their words were anything but Christian. They were argumentative, combative, hostile, and even aggressive. This couple tells everyone that they're a godly couple. And I've heard this man say that he's a godly man. Let me just say that if you have to repeatedly tell people that you're a godly man or a godly person, if you feel the need to convince others of that, then chances are you're not as godly as you think. Also, if the very actions you engage in go against what the Bible says and against what the Bible teaches, then again, chances are you're not as godly as you're telling people you are. Instead of telling people about your godliness, wait to be blessed by God for your goodness. I mean, whose opinion are you more interested in gaining? Now, this power couple, as they, I wouldn't even say power couple, this couple, by their actions, do not outwardly come across as Christians. And let me give you an example. In one of my other podcasts, I mentioned a couple in a house who were delivering someone from demons. The couple that I mention now, they're the same couple that I mentioned then. The man was not qualified, nor were they knowledgeable about the consequences or the aftermath from attempting such activities. They justifying. They're justifying their actions by saying that they are godly. And let me tell you guys something. Just because you feel you're godly doesn't mean that you have the power or the authority from God to carry something out. I mean, just because you have a brain doesn't mean that you're qualified to do brain surgery. The people who do that are skilled, trained, and qualified. Again, not just anybody can walk into a hospital and do what a brain surgeon does. It just doesn't work that way. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you can carry out things that you think you can do. By that same line of thinking, it stands to reason that a trained man of God needs to be the person that God has made them to be, to drive out or deliver someone from demons. Okay, so this couple that I'm talking about, have you ever met someone uh, and something about them didn't sit right with your spirit? The way they moved, they looked, they spoke, completely made you uncomfortable to be in their presence. Instead of being happy, you know, filled with joy, the spirit of the Lord, uh, they were sullen, combative, challenging, and even disobedient. The man attempted to cast out demons in his home. He rushes up on cars, waving his Bible and screaming at the occupants inside about repenting. Meanwhile, the wife is usurping her role as a wife, challenging her husband, challenging others, being rude and disrespectful. Now, where I'm going with all this is, just because someone thinks they're godly does not entitle them to think that they're of the rank of a pastor. There's a reason why Bible colleges and seminaries are there to teach. So that men of God can be led, can be can gain knowledge, they can be made aware, and they can be made qualified. Now, my question is this. If this man of God can't even reign in his own wife, I mean, if his wife is being rude and ignorant and, and disrespectful, if she's combative, if she's usurping her role as a woman and challenging men, then how is this man of God supposed to lead others if he can't even lead his own wife? I mean, does that not stand to reason that if he can't do one, he can't do the other? Yeah. This man asked something that bothered me. And I have to be honest, it's people like this turkey that get people into major trouble with God. And here's what he asked. Do you not believe in demons? Now, to some, that seems like a harmless question. And for most who don't know the Lord, they would be right. However, it's 
far from harmless. You see, like I mentioned earlier, there is power in our words. There is power in our agreements to things as well. If we say that we believe in demons, we are giving power to that. We as Christians are not to believe in anything or anyone other than the Almighty God in His Son, Jesus Christ. To say that we believe in demons is making an admission that we believe in them, and by doing so, essentially give over permission to them. I mean, what you have done by agreeing that you believe in them is basically opened a doorway. And if this, um, and I'm going to use air quotes, man of God had known that, he would never have asked that question. He would never have tried to deliver any one of demons in a house with other people inside, leaving them vulnerable to spiritual attack. He would have known what to do, known how to handle the situation, known how to protect the people in the home to get the biggest output of properly casting out or delivering the person with the demon. The Bible says in James 1 verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Yeah, check it out. James 1 verse 26. When we try to convince ourselves and others that we're godly or religious, we're fooling ourselves and others. Because if we had the Holy Spirit in us, he would be seen without our having to convince anyone. People would just be able to see the Spirit through us. And so when we ask people these loaded questions about what we believe in and get them to agree about these things, we have to be careful what we say vocally. No one, and I mean no one, is going to take care of your spiritual walk better than you and the Holy Spirit. And sadly, there will be people that will try to lead you astray, that will deceive you into thinking that they're good people, godly people, people of faith. God gave us a brain. He gave us the ability to decipher things. That's how we know right from wrong, good from bad, up and down, left and right. He wants us to use the brain he gave us to figure out this stuff on our own. It's kind of like a child. As parents, do you want your kids constantly coming up to you saying, help, I don't know how to do this. I don't understand this. I can't figure this out. I don't know how this goes on. I can't open this. I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I can't read this. Can you help me? I mean, if you had a kid like that, that constantly came up to you saying, help, 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 all the time, we'd go mad. I mean, I know I would. Would you not? As parents, we teach our children lovingly so that they can figure things out and make good decisions. That's what God wants for us too, because he's our Heavenly Father. He gives us the Bible and the Holy Spirit to teach us while we're young Christians, so that when we're mature and we grow in him, we can make decisions for ourselves. And if we need help, then we go to the Father to gain help. But it's not a constant go, 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 go to the Father. That's why he gave us a brain and in logical thinking. Typically, I use the analogy of children in parables. One, because most of us are parents ourselves. And two, because it perfectly aligns with God. Us and our children, and God with us being his children. I've heard these demon hunters and these self-proclaimed evangelists say that God has empowered them. And often I've wondered if that's true. I mean, who am I to question who God has empowered? But, and here's the big but, how does anyone know if God truly has empowered them? Does anyone know? Can anybody challenge them? If you can tell when when the Holy Spirit's in someone, then you should be able to tell if someone's been empowered by them. And here go, here's where my mind races. I start to question. I start to think about things. And I start to become thankful for the brain God's giving me and for the Bible that tells me to question everything. So when these self-proclaimed evangelists tell me that they've been empowered by God to do things on his behalf, I challenge them. I mean, my um, armor of God goes on faster than you can blink. And I'll tell you why. If God truly did empower someone to do something on his behalf, then the Lord would have given this person full knowledge of what they were doing and the correct way to do it and carry it out to its completion 
for him. Also, God would have been visible in their actions. He would be excluding, um, it would be exuding from them like sap rolling down a pine tree. I mean, you'd hear the spirit in, uh, in their speech. You'd see him in their actions, feel it in their demeanor. They wouldn't be aggressive, scary, combative, or argumentative. They would display, be displaying Christ-like love, peace, gentleness, kindness. They would be approachable, agreeable, and humble. God makes no mistakes. He would not empower someone to do something on his behalf only to give them some of the knowledge in order to carry out all of what he's asking. He wouldn't. God is not a God of partially anything. He doesn't give someone and some and leave some out. That would go against the omnipowerful God that he is. We most definitely are to out these false evangelists, expose them. They are not God's ambassadors. They don't properly represent the kingdom of God. I mean, I've seen video after video of Christians going out to witness to people. They have their speakers, their microphones, their megaphones, and they're literally screaming at people about Jesus as they're walking past. I would go so far to say that out of all the videos I've seen, as well as personally seeing with my own eyes people doing this, 98% of these Christians are doing more damage for the kingdom of our Lord than helping it. And I'll tell you why. No one, no one likes to be shouted at. I don't care how you apply what I'm saying. You can apply it as a student in a classroom. They don't like to be shouted at when they're learning a lesson. A factory worker, they do not like to be shouted at when they're learning something at work. No one likes to be shouted at. And it doesn't matter what you're shouting or what you're yelling. It's not helping anyone to learn anything. When we're quiet, when we're gentle, displaying Christ-like love, that's when you see more people drawn to the Spirit. And that's when you'll find that they'll listen. Because using that same parable as a second ago, you know, that child in that classroom, they'll listen better and retain the information of the lesson that the teacher is trying to teach. And that factory worker will be more productive whilst at work and more driven to accomplish their task. Rushing up on people, waving the Bible and shouting at them, you know, uh, singling them out isn't a way to welcome someone to the family of God or to introduce them to Jesus. It's just not. You're going to have the adverse uh, reaction you think you you're trying to get. And when you do that, you're essentially giving Christians a bad name. I'm sorry, but you are. And I'll be honest with you. I'm sure I will lose friends over this, or I'll have my inbox blown up with angry believers about what I just said. But really what you need to be doing is reining yourself in and abolish the pride that's in your heart. Because if you truly were working on behalf of God to advance his kingdom and spread his message, you wouldn't be so fast to attack me for pointing out an error. And that's what this is. When people scream or yell or raise their voice for the kingdom of God, it's not bringing anyone closer to the Holy Spirit. And with these two specific people that I mentioned earlier, I mean, as Christians, we need to be very conscious of our surroundings. We are in the end times. Brother will turn on brother. The Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 10, and there shall be many offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. If God sees someone doing things that don't align with his word, his purpose, or his plan, then consider it a blessing when the Lord literally uproots you only to plant you somewhere better. Don't question God about your circumstances. Don't get discouraged. Praise God whilst amidst the storm that he is getting you out of. Instead of feeling alone, feel rejoice that your heavenly father is working on your behalf to put you somewhere better, somewhere deserving of your faithfulness to him. If you seek God and you ask for his help, then you need to trust that he's going to help you just as you asked him to. And this goes for anyone. This is where trust comes in. If you ask God for help, but you don't trust him, you're proving that, you know, 
your faith isn't strong enough to withstand the help from the father that you're asking about. If you do trust God and ask for help and praise him while he's navigating ways to see you through the choppy waters, then he will help you abundantly because you've displayed faithfulness, trust, and obedience. These other false prophets, these fake evangelists, it may seem that they have it all, that they have all the materialistic and swanky things, but what they don't have is a godly relationship. They don't have a godly marriage. They don't have love of the Holy Spirit inside them. They don't know true peace. And I, for one, wouldn't trade the love of the Holy Spirit for anything that they have materialistically. Can I get an amen? Whoop, whoop. What we speak has a way of manifesting itself into being. And when we show to people, even if it's about God, it's never a good thing. I get there are some that truly want to help others to know the Lord. But yelling at people about the kingdom of our Lord is not going to win souls. In fact, the Bible talks about yelling in Proverbs twenty nine twenty two, And it says, an angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. Proverbs twenty nine eleven: A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly hold back, holds back. Proverbs twenty two twenty four. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot tempered people. Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Ephesians six eleven. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We need to protect our heart. These are really bad times we're living in and there are people that are going to work against us that are going to challenge us and challenge God's ways they are going to lead us astray they are going to perceive themselves as being um, lambs but outwardly they are in uh, wolf's clothing I mean we just need to open our eyes we need to take things to prayer we need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us when it comes to to these people who are screaming at people we need to lift them up in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to help lead them so that they can lead others correctly. So I guess what I'm trying to say is just because someone calls themselves a godly person doesn't necessarily mean that they're godly or working on behalf of the Lord. Look, for the fruit of the Spirit is in them. I mean, you'll see it. You'll see it. If the, if the Holy Spirit's in them, you're going to hear it in their words, in their actions, and their ways are going to glorify Jesus. Are they quick to get angry? You know, do they have a combative personality? Do they seem more interested in arguing and being aggressive? Do they make accusations? Are they calm? Are they peaceful or agreeable? Are they understanding? How about kind? Are they kind? Are they respectful? Do they lead others through Christ-like love? I mean, these are the questions to ask. We as believers are too trusting when it comes to other believers, air quotes being used here. Instead of trusting so blindly, we need to fully trust the Holy Spirit, not in people, the Lord. Trust the Lord fully. He will lead you exactly where he wants you to go and what he wants you to have and what he wants you to be. If you ask for help and think something is coming from the Holy Spirit, wait. Pray about it, but wait. If the Lord wants you to do something, to go somewhere, to have something, he will let you know in ways that you cannot mistake, that you can't be confused over. If you're guessing on it, then it's not from the Lord. Because again, God is not about confusion, worry, or fear. If the Lord wants something for you, he will most definitely give you ways to confirm it's from him. Okay, everyone. <laughs> That's it for my podcast today. I hope that something I said today has touched and blessed your heart and given you some clarity and insight. Uh, just remember that, you know, 
in all things, go to the Lord. If you have questions, go to the Lord. If you have doubts, go to the Lord. If you need clarity, go to the Lord. Always go to the Lord. You know, read your Bible. Ask for, you know, that the Holy Spirit to direct you in what you're reading to help open your mind and, and open your heart so that you can absorb the truth of what you're reading. I mean, it's just that simple. If you need help to find Jesus, if you have um, questions, you know, if you need someone to help pray with you or for you, I will gladly help you. Please find me on Facebook. My account is open and I'm not too hard to find. Send me a friendship request or inbox me. I would be thrilled to help you on this beautiful journey you're about to embark on. To everyone else, thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please like and share so that others may hear this message and hear the Lord's word. Remember Joshua 1.9 people. It's such a good verse. It's so uplifting and encouraging. Join me again soon, won't you please, for more coffee, more fellowship, and more of the Lord's Word being applied to everyday issues and topics. Until next time, bye for now, guys. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for taking this time with me today to fellowship and learn more about our wonderful Heavenly Father, His perfect Son, Jesus Christ, and the incredible Holy Spirit as we apply the Bible to our lives and our faith. I hope that what you heard and learned today has touched your heart and is tended to and ministered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that he fills you with his discernmentship and understanding so that the words of the Bible imprint on your heart with meaning and worth. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning soon, and when he does, I pray that you're among those that are caught up in the sky to meet him so that you can join in the wedding banquet called the Feast of the Lamb. Until we're together again fellowshipping over coffee, Thank you. This is Ali Benfield signing off. Bye for now, guys.